pals. Hi, replay watchers, you sexy little naughty little replay watchers. It is me, Max Baker, here with episode three of Neurodivergent Babes. And I'm just waiting for my pal, Dr. Lilith Butler, to join me live here so we can talk about what it's like to be a late diagnosed autistic ADHD neurodivergent woman. <laughs> or person, um, as we, you know, gender's a whole other topic that we can talk about sometime. Hi, Lilith! Invite. Is Wait, I can't hear you. Um, what's happening? I can't. I can't hear you. Exactly. Wait. Yeah. There we go. Okay, yeah. we got it. Hey, <laughs> we did it. Let's <laughs> turn. Let's see. How are you? Good. Going with the flow is my model. And yeah, so when my audio just gets sucked up by my car's Bluetooth, great. Oh, that's, that that's all part of it. <laughs> this, this is how it goes. This is how it goes. <laughs> well, I used to like, I used to run my life in such that if I made a mistake, like that was a problem. And now I don't. I just choose to do it differently. <laughs> I can deeply relate to that, deeply. Yeah, now I just roll with them okay. and celebrate them, celebrate yeah. the mistakes. Yes, and the more that I have space for mistakes in my life and in my business and in parenting and everything, like the more room there is for everybody else too. And like, what is a mistake? And what is a failure, you know? Truly, truly, that's, that's, that's the question because they all just guide you, you know, they all just lead you to something better if you allow them to. <laughs> sure right <clears throat> or keep you stuck grinding away on that own thing but yeah absolutely yeah and every every fail failure I don't even call them that anymore but I used to when I feel mm -hmm. like every like failure I have had in my business basically I've been running my business for 10 years digitally and like if I had a big launch but like didn't make any money I'd be like that's a failure and I started to think about it differently it's like you know, I had this one launch in particular where I was like, I'm going to make so much money. It's going to be so good. I'm going to have like such a big course. So it's the rebel mom method. And like the first time I ran it, I had zero people sign up, which is normal in the digital spirit as we're getting stuff going. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I thought that was a failure for a moment. And I was like, listen, like, I got, I showed up every day and I talked about my launch. I figured out an email system. I figured out this backend system. I figured out contracts. I figured out this, 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 this. The only thing I didn't figure out is like when someone's here, how to get them to push the buy button. That <laughs> was everything else. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And then you just work on that the next day. <laughs> everything else is <laughs> Yeah. But keeping going and, and like, you know, mm -hmm. some of us try one thing a little bit once and it doesn't become a massive success and then we never try it again. And like that's where the magic happens is when we relentlessly show up for ourselves again and again. 
Absolutely. And yeah, and in situations like that too, sometimes I feel like sometimes I feel like it's the universe's way of like allowing us to slowly integrate things, you know? So like you did all of that back end work and got all of that set up and then you got to just kind of like be with that for a minute before you put all of your focus and attention onto something new, right? Uh, yeah. So sometimes I think that it, that it happens that way. That way we can, you know, have sustainable, <laughs> sustainable progression rather than like, ah, it's not happening at once and it's too much. <laughs> yep. And cute little me was like, but no, I want to get rich quick. <laughs> mm -hmm. Who doesn't? <laughs> I will just show up every day for nine years and then I'll get rich quick. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Neurodivergent week. <laughs> <laughs> it was good. You know, it, it was twice this week or tw two weeks in a row where, like, I don't know about you, but I have to use my calendar for absolutely everything. If it's not in my calendar, I it it just it's it's gone to oblivion. <laughs> I don't know where it went, <laughs> and I won't remember it until like way, way, way later. Years later. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but sometimes when I look at my calendar, like this happened last Wednesday and also this Wednesday, I look at my calendar and I'm, and I have to like energetically prepare myself for the day ahead. You know, like I look at my calendar for the day ahead and then I'm like work myself up to the amount of energy I'm going to need to expend that day. <laughs> and both times I looked on Wednesday, I looked at Friday's day for the next day, like, you know, anticipating getting ready for for Friday and then Thursday just I wake up on Thursday and I'm like wait wait a second oh my god it's Thursday I didn't prepare for this I don't know I don't know what to do and then the whole like the the rest of the week just gets like kind of thrown so that happened last week and this week but other than yeah. that the, the week's been really good okay I was having yeah. a little internet connection. Does it? Do I seem better? Mm, try again. Yeah. How about now? I, I, now? Think I think so. Now? I think we're good. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. You know, out here in the sticks, we sometimes have to turn off our Wi-Fi so that we can get better internet. I don't know. I'm still working on it. But yeah. yeah so it sounds like you just tried to delete Thursday from your life and. Um, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> my brain doesn't doesn't want Thursdays to exist. Apparently, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I started this week schedule blocking my calendar, and awesome! Wow, yes. how is so good, so good. I think you know, I had my life in my nonprofit career where I was like working there for ten years, and I like had everything mapped out, and I would drive at this time, and I would be in this meeting and work on this project, and like. That was very helpful and successful for me in that environment, which was also soul crushing and <laughs> an environment I needed to leave. And when I left that environment, I was like, I need never anyone or any calendar will ever tell me what to do. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> Autistic ADHD. Autistic ADHD, right? <laughs> You're it out. <laughs> and now I'm at the point where I'm like, okay, like a little structure is probably going to be helpful in my life. Mm -hmm. um, and so last Saturday it was, I think, I had THC and I was like, 
my schedule is the answer to everything. And I just like sat there on my computer and like mapped out my whole week and like, whoo, including like times where I'm walking the dogs and then watering the plants. And like, I put my habits in there. And when I had like a work block, I would put my tasks in my calendar appointment so that I would know like to show up on this day, this is the thing that I'm working on. And it's been amazing. Yeah. Yeah. How, yeah. how does, how does like the ADHD side of you respond to that? Well, I mean, with resistance. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I'm, I'm owning the fact that A, I have big blocks of like more free time or like within the blocks, I'm able to have freedom. So like I had a three hour block the other day that was art. And so I'm like, okay. A, I have an awesome three-hour block of something that I'm passionate about, and then I get to choose on that moment. Oh, is it on the iPad? Oh, is it this other project I'm working on? Like, that's when my ADHD can thrive. Yeah. Um, and then also, like, knowing that on Sunday or Saturday, like, I put my work tasks and my adulting tasks on my calendar so that I don't have to come up with the ideas or think about them outside of that. So, like, uh, that's huge for me to be able to relax. Um, from the always going mind. Yeah, that's that that seems really helpful. I think I'm gonna I think I'm gonna do an overhaul of my schedule. <laughs> I've I've come to find the same thing. Like, especially the more I learn and embrace being autistic, um, just how much like structure and routine I really thrive in. But I did a similar thing. I've always like put myself into external structure. You know, yeah. like school or work or, or whatever it is. So then once I finished grad school and I wasn't working for anyone else, I was like, fuck it, freedom, <laughs> do whatever fuck I want, whatever I want. Yeah. Um, but then it's like, I don't, I don't drive. <laughs> I, I just don't. Yeah, it's like, it's just a shit show happening all the time. And it's just constantly, you know, overwhelmed, trying to keep up with everything, trying to yeah. everything, trying to fit everything in. So um, <clears throat> I've also been in a process of like, getting my routines down and you know schedule, scheduling things a little bit but yeah there's some there's some resistance that comes up for sure <laughs> for, for sure it's like all about finding that balance too and then looking at it in a way where I'm like this is actually giving me the freedom that I'm looking for yeah and we're gonna make this within it like this morning I had a workout scheduled and then like an art like having some feels coming up and I needed to go to Dunkin' Donuts, which didn't have any hot drinks, and Old Navy, which didn't have any jackets, and have a very unsuccessful. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so exciting. And I was like, this is the perfect opportunity to not have me lose my shit. It's totally great. <laughs> oh no, oh no. When I am looking forward to a type of food or drink, and it's not available i it's like an instant my whole body just is like cr my my soul is crushed my stomach feels like it's like a rocket and i just want to yeah. cry it's so ridiculous but it's so real nah it's not ridiculous it's like it hurts so much when so i much. <laughs> people are like it's not a big deal you're so sensitive I'm like I am sensitive and it is a big deal right right you are wrong actually it is a very big deal yeah. <laughs> to me right and that's where do I exist in here so in here all of my alarms are going off <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, but I find myself, like, telling myself, like, oh, it's not a big deal um, as well, because that's just, like, what I heard my whole life. And, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and again, like, I have, like, family who is just, like, uncomfortable with my big feelings. If I'm upset about something, even if I'm, like, I haven't had the ability as a child to, like, really be outward with my big feelings. So even if I was, like, crying, just, like, quietly, like, upset, my family was just, like, really uncomfortable with that. So, like, let's fix it. Like, fix, 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 fix. Um, and so I didn't really have a place to be upset. So, yeah, telling myself that it's okay, like it is. It is okay to feel really upset about not having the special drink you wanted. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. I wonder if this has been true for you as well, but having my son has been super helpful because I, I feel like it, for me, it's very easy for me to validate his feelings and to like really be with him and his big emotions over whatever it is, you know? And I make it very clear that it's, totally normal and natural for you to be upset about this and yeah that really hurts and um in like just practicing not practicing but like yeah I guess like practicing that talk with him and you know being there for him in that way it's just kind of like naturally like bled over to the way I my internal talk is with myself as well that's so good yeah Yeah. it's if it's parents are are real children were parenting our inner children like at the same age almost I'm like okay now we're five you and me (laughs) exactly exactly oh my gosh it's so real (laughs) it is is. yeah and it's also like when you see how like it's so natural to me and you like I think the most natural thing for us to do is validate our children and and allow their to exist and it's also when you when I do that it reminds me of like how painful it was to not be able to exist as a child yeah yeah I I talk a lot anytime I'm talking about parenting I talk a lot about how it's like it's like every time yeah every time you show up for your child it's a reminder of the times that you weren't shown up for so it's like simultaneously holding space for their feelings and being a support and you know being being the parental role but then also like all the grief that comes with it and all of the hurt and the anger like that's also there to work through and then you have to like console your inner child as well and go through the whole process it's it's a lot to manage it's a lot it's a lot parenting is a lot especially like even just feeding them is a lot but like (laughs) yeah (laughs) but like extra care to go above and beyond to make sure that they have like a really fulfilling delightful childhood and that means like healing our shit lifetime and that's like whoo yeah 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 i'm curious they're just the topic of food um, with Posey, do you, do you, cause you know, children go through their phases where they are very selective with the food that they want to eat. Have you encountered that with them yet? <sighs> yes, but it's been pretty workable. Um, yeah. When she's with her dad, which she is now for the next month. He ha- he's very much, like, routine-oriented person, and so, like, they actually, like, have a good routine that works for them, and, like, one of that is, is like, she finishes her vegetables at school, and, and like, he ties it a little bit more to rewards than I would like to with food. Yeah. Um, 
But one of the things that has really helped with her is I'm like, okay, so we're, we go shopping. Like when I'm in San Francisco, I'm like, we're going to the corner store. You need to pick out three vegetables that you'll be eating this week as your lunch vegetables, right? And then each day, what two are you going to have in your lunch? You know, just like, mm-hmm. like having her, like the choice is not, are you going to have vegetables in your lunch? The choice is which ones which- are you yeah yeah but but she has autonomy in choosing which ones yeah Mm -hmm. yeah and just like being honest with her like oh we've had a lot of like bread today like let's pick something with a little bit more nutrients Mm -hmm. it's like describing what's happening (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah honestly I feel like that was that was if if I would have had more of that growing up like even just that alone with all of the toxic shit and abuse and trauma (laughs) that I went through like if I understand a little bit more I think I would have been so much better off (laughs) like I don't yeah I don't know why we deprive just as a society you know like deprive children of of just basic understanding I do the same thing with Jameson as I explain my reasons for everything I explain you know my thought process behind everything I explain when he asks why we go into why I don't know we'll like research it together you know Uh, Sounds like our children will never stop asking why, so. Yeah, yeah. just like we haven't. <laughs> and it's their job too, right? And like one of my favorite yeah. favorite quotes about kids is like, it's their job to ask for the moon. It's our job to give them guidelines about receiving it, right? And like, oh yeah, yeah. like I'm not going to get mad at her for asking things. It's my job to like provide a clear, sturdy, clear answer so that she knows yes or no. Like kids just want to know the answer and and that's like boundaries you know I first started learning boundaries with Posey as an infant and just telling her like describing the things that I was doing to her from before she was you know able to say words herself yeah and what I was available for and not available for and like that's um, been huge on my parenting journey to like help me not just go full on like over giving and like that that state where we're like oh I have to like give them everything they want like that's not fun for us and that's actually not good for them either yeah 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 it's our job to teach them boundaries and 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 yeah and in setting boundaries with them we're teaching them to set them for themselves moving forward as well and also you know creating um I don't really like the word realistic, but creating uh, like achievable expectations, you know? Um, yeah. But <laughs> I find that it's like the guidance and the space holding and the communication and all of that is really easy for me with parenting. Yeah. And like the technique, like the <laughs> feeding the <laughs> schedule and, you know, like managing time and all of that, like that stuff is challenging. And I do my best because I know it's important, but it's, that stuff is the stuff that like, I really struggle with. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, did you have anything about Jameson and food that you wanted to share on? Oh, we're just kind of in a phase right now where he's just decided that he doesn't really like very many vegetables, which is such a far swing from where he used to be. And so it's a it's a big practice for me. And like something that I really <clears throat> do my best to do is just meet him new in each moment. So not being like, well, no, you do love this because you loved it yesterday. <laughs> you know, Ooh, that's good. <laughs> 
Yeah. And so just being, you know, present with however he's presenting himself in the moment, but it is been, it's been like kind of hard for me to like keep up with and kind of hard for me to like nail down a routine with food because he's just kind of deciding what he likes and doesn't, <laughs> doesn't like. And it's just, you know, one day I love this the next day. No, mom, I don't like that anymore. <laughs> it's like, okay. <laughs> uh -huh. Yeah. Well, I am too. And <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, yeah, that's true. That's true. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's kind of what I tell him. I was like, yeah, well, you know what? Maybe you'll change your mind tomorrow because that happens with me. Like sometimes I just really don't want to eat something. Um, but he's also like very much really likes, like black beans, he'll eat every single day of his life. He would eat it for every meal if he could. Right. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> he has them like once a day because I feel like that's that's plenty, you know, that's like enough of that one particular food. But um, yeah, so it's just kind of trying to figure out how to get him everything that he needs nutrient wise while also respecting his, you know, autonomy and his like, figuring out who he is and what he likes and doesn't like and then also like sensory issues and, and things like that because I don't fully know what's going on in that realm you know I don't have internal experiences I know what mine has been and I know he has <laughs> some, of, some of the same challenges so yeah <laughs> yeah one of the things that I'm you know tried probably not super successfully and want to redo again in this next chapter with Posey coming back is um, like having a drawer for her in the fridge and a um, bin for her in the pantry that's like anytime grab and go. Mm. Um, yeah, that's great. Yeah, or maybe even sticker. Oh, I just had this idea. <laughs> stickers. <laughs> Yay, fun. <laughs> stickers on the things that's like anytime you want, you can grab this, like seaweed, right? Or cucumber, yeah. like anytime. Yeah. And an orange is like one per day and like a red is ask mom or something like that right but like yeah. to give her that that full full autonomy into choosing things more often and then give like I, the only thing I'm doing here is trying to get myself out of jobs like I want to retire from all the jobs I've been doing as she gets older I'm just retiring retire retiring and like <laughs> snack boss I think I'm ready to retire from snack boss <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm in the same boat as you with that. Absolutely, that's a really good idea. I like the, I like the stickers idea. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you use any other like sticker charts or motivation charts or like chores or money or anything like that to? Mm -hmm. No, I, I actually intentionally don't do that because I don't. Um, like, I, I, it's probably, like, largely to do with the way that I was raised. But, like, um, yeah, I don't really do, like, punishment reward kind of stuff because most of the things that I'm trying to incentivize are things that are just naturally good for him and he should be doing anyway. <laughs> so yeah. I try to, like, keep the, the, the motivation intrinsic, you know? Yeah. Um, and so, like, when it comes to brushing teeth or, or whatever it is, like, routine, um yeah, just really talking about why we do it. And even if we don't really like to do it, why, why we do it anyway. Um, and then one thing I did talking about like taking jobs away, um, his morning and nighttime routine, I programmed into Alexa so that I'm not the one having to cue it and he doesn't have to like do any of that either. It's just like Alexa's like, 
hey, Jameson, it's time to put on, you know, brush your teeth in the morning. Hey, Jameson, eat, <laughs> eat breakfast. And then like time to put on shoes and say goodbye to the kitties. <laughs> and so she, and she, he loves Alexa for whatever reason he like yeah. interacting with her. So it, it like cues everything and keeps us on schedule without me having to be the schedule. Cause I frankly suck at that. Uh, you know and then um we don't forget anything and it's just kind of like that and Jameson um he's a manifester in human design so like questions and being told what to do is not really the thing for manifestors like neutral information is best mm. and I've found that with him, if he receives neutral information, like, hey, it's time for this, or, <laughs> you know, something like that, especially from a party that isn't, like, an authority figure, yeah. then he's just on it, like, he'll, he'll do it. So that's been really helpful. Like, really, really helpful. That is freaking genius. <laughs> yeah, it was life changing. I was like, damn, I should have started this last year, but we just started it this year with school. Wow. Yeah, so just at the same time every night, it's like, what's the first thing that's cued for a bedtime routine? Um, like, I have a cue for making, preparing dinner. Okay. So after it starts. It starts like, hey, Lilith, it's time for you to make dinner. Like, I cook a wonderful meal for you and Jameson, you know? And then, and then I have, like, it cued for him to wash hands. And then I also have a cue, like, every day I like to talk about something that we really appreciate for the day. So she'll cue us for that, which is also our cue of like, okay, we're, we should be sitting and eating at this point. Yeah. Um, and then after, and then it's like 10 more minutes to finish dinner because Jameson will like meander and linger at sure. the table forever. Which okay. is just to, you know, <laughs> he just likes to take a long time to eat, yeah. um, which I do too. So we have a long time for that already, but it gives him like a cue, like, okay, if I want my last bites, now's the time. Um, and which then- so helpful, transitions. transitions. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So it prepares him for that. And then it tells him to brush teeth, wash hands, get ready for bed. Um, and, and then like to pick books and say goodnight to the cat, you know, just, just yeah. all, all of the things. <laughs> wow. Yeah. It's really helpful. Do you have that visually re represented for him? I don't. I, um, when we first started, like, when we started school last year, I did, like, draw up a chart of, like, all the things that he needed to do in the morning and nighttime. Um, but he, <laughs> he really likes to keep his room messy. He's, like, in his room, he's able to do whatever he wants. That yeah. And like the space and freedom for that yeah he that it feels like home and it feels like lived in and so he just mm -hmm. like it to be clean like not dirty but messy yeah um so there's a lot of like visual stimulus happening in his in his room and i don't i don't feel like the visual charts really do it um I have thought about getting like, they have like a kid's Alexa timer that has like different, it'll flash different lights for different cues or whatever, but he does pretty well with the audio. So. Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Find what works. And yeah, I think I would need a visual list to accompany that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's how I am too. Yeah. Oh my yeah. God. I want to talk about the rooms though. Cause like I, I'm, <laughs> And I, I'm on myself to like go in there and clean it and organize it and make the walls nice for her to come back. But like, I don't know. I, do, I don't like, oh, help me. 
I don't, I, I don't know if I can help you because, you know, it's like, I will every now and then just be, I'll just like be at my end, you know, like I'll meet my threshold with it. And I'm like, okay, we're, we're, we're over, I'm, and I overhaul it, you know, um, and organize everything. And he's usually really appreciated. Um, my son is seven and how old is Posey? Five. Five? Yeah. Um, yeah and um so i'll i'll overhaul it but then he just he just makes it messy and he like decides where he wants his things you know and i really want him to like that's his little corner his his uh, one space that's only his so we keep like the common rooms at night we'll like do a, a sweep through and make sure that that stays like nice and clean even though if it was his preference it, that would also be very messy <laughs> <laughs> um, but we have that agreement and then he's able to just do what he wants in there and every now and then if it gets like too crazy we'll do like um you know like a 10 second tidy type of thing and just like put as much stuff away as fast as we can yep um but that's that's kind of where it's just messy in there yeah and you just you're like you're just like okay and you yeah just yeah <laughs> for like for you know to play toys with him or to read books for nighttime I'm just like okay where's myself you know and it's not it's not like crazy but it's it's too much for me like I really like to have clearly you know not a lot of clutter around so it's kind of hard <laughs> it's a little okay. overwhelming yeah so we have right now here you can see there's the cats over on the bed basically yeah. Cat's room. It's just a disaster in here. It was like our primary suite. This is like our big primary suite. We've just like given it to the cats, and now the cats have a king size bed, and we're just like, okay, I, we need to overhaul. I need to. I need to like really. And this is my goal. We're going to Chicago next week when we get back. Until Posey gets here, I have like seven days or something, and I'm just gonna blitz organize my house, and it's gonna be you know my all-consuming special interest for five days. It's gonna yeah. be so bad. <laughs> And my goals, and I've done this before, I've done Kanmari, I've done Home Ed, I've like, I get really good at it. Um, and then there's days where, there's other times where I'm like, I don't care. And then every, my whole life is a disaster, right? Yeah. But if I get it to this point, like keeping it here, boom, is easy. And so I want to get it so that everything in my house has a place and everything is in its place at the end of each day. And like, that's my beautiful goal. So mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I want to also like, with that, maybe I really just like let Posey do what she wants in her room and not let it bother me because it really only bothers me when I'm like, oh, there's so much to do in here to clean it, to get it back to perfect status. Um, yeah. But if I can just not have my brain do that and just <laughs> beautiful tidy areas of my house that I can enjoy, that's great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think, um, you know, ADHD brains like we there's a, there's like very much like all or nothing type of thing that happens um, yeah. so I've turned his room into nothing like I just it, I'm, there's no work for me to do in there and like you know obviously like vacuuming and dusting and and mopping or whatever when I need to right. but like as far as organizing and stuff is like <laughs> that's, that's just his face um and I and I find that he's like more inclined to help clean up and keep the the common areas more tidy because he has his like homey space yeah <laughs> that makes total sense and yeah and I'm like remember <laughs> my childhood too and like no one ever taught me how to be tidy and mm -hmm. then I'll like just one day out of the blue my it would 
make my mom mad and then she'd be like in a mad fury having to clean my room right and so like I want to keep that because you know I like let, let it go and then I'm like oh stop having it here you know <laughs> which I don't want to take out with Posey around but like that's how I feel <laughs> I had like the complete opposite the complete opposite like we had to that yeah I mean in the cold it was like cleaning all the time like cleanliness was a huge huge thing and then when I moved to San Diego my stepdad um had like pretty intense OCD and that manifested in the way that he kept his home and so like to the point where if the carpet didn't have like the vacuum lines he would kind of lose his shit wow. if he didn't like pull the shower curtain like all the way closed he would lose his shit and just start like yelling <laughs> so I went from like pristine to like having to kind of like loosen up and allow myself to be messy sometimes and when I had Jameson that was such an edge for me to like realize like I cannot keep everything clean all the time I just can't it's not possible <laughs> it's not and it, I just can't so um I've learned to just like be okay with mess every now and then you know yeah that's super helpful and like when Jose <laughs> comes back, because she has a tidy ass room at her pop's house in San Francisco, and um, and she actually organized a lot of it there. Mm. Uh, has less items, so it's a little bit easier. But um, if she wants, like I'm here, if she's like, hey, I want to have a tidy room, how do I do it? Like I can help her with that and guide her, just like mm -hmm. everything. My role as a parent is to like be a gentle, compassionate guide when <laughs> she requests it, right? Yep. <laughs> exactly <laughs> not impart my things onto her and her lifestyle and yeah I really like that too like she's at the point now where she really understands like this is your space you can do with it what you want and mm -hmm. yeah five oh, I made it to a huge huge milestone and like have bought back a lot of freedom for myself <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah that's kind of that's kind of when it starts happening yeah yeah, it's a good, it's a good time. <laughs> yeah, well, she was three and a half when I got divorced and, like, moved out mm -hmm. on my own, and, like, she was not independent, and, like, mm -hmm. oh, my gosh, just to be the only adult, and, like, she would wake up in the morning, and, like, the only chance I had to sleep was at night, and she would get up <laughs> rub peanut butter all over the airstream, like, it just was, like, I start my day with, like, a 45-minute mess to clean up, you know, like, uh -huh. that uh -huh. was hard <laughs> But things have really come a long way. A, she's five and a half now, which is huge. But B, now we, like, have this house and, like, this family and this life and a schedule. And it's, like, we're really, like, setting ourselves up for a lot more success now, too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whoo! <laughs> <laughs> we decided, my sweetheart and I decided to go to Chicago last minute. We bought tickets to go on Monday. Oh, fun. Yeah, which I'm mostly, I mean, what's that feeling? Like nerve-sided, anxious? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like like anxious and excited yeah. in one. Yeah. Um, but, you know, because I just had that traumatic 40 experience happen at the desk at Southwest, so I'm like, Mm -hmm. Oh boy, we have South we bought Southwest again and we're bringing Bongo, our service puppy. So I'm like, mm -hmm. Oh boy, this could be <laughs> Were you were you flying alone last time though? Or were you Yeah, so um, you'll have you'll have an advocate, which is great. It's huge. 
Yeah. And like now I'm basically just like, I know like exactly the right words to say to represent my situation that like that I'm supported by the ADA, like this magical. Yeah. Yeah. What are the right things to say to, you know, <laughs> yeah, you know, like what yeses and nos to give them, uh, like without in inserting the nuance that <laughs> is, yeah. <laughs> Our specific brains. I'm like, well, you know, let me go into why that question is phrased incorrectly. But like, because I notice how the question is phrased incorrectly, is my automatic yes to the question. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Did you encounter that with like any of the, the autism assessments as well? Oh my gosh. Yes. <laughs> they're like, they're like, I, <laughs> I'm so confused by them. It's like, they're not designed for autistic people to be answering. No, they're not. <laughs> <laughs> yes. One of the questions in particular was like, do you jump over things? And obviously I'm like, Ju they mean jump over things, and yeah, I guess I do. I like to, yeah, if I see a stick and I'm on a hike, I'm going to jump over. Yeah, but I just hop over it, yeah. <laughs> but then they meant, like, tasks in order on a thing. They mean, yeah, like, like come on, come on. <laughs> like, no, that's ridiculous. <laughs> but it's, that should be a fast-track answer. If you were like, yes, I do jump over things, because obviously you're meaning that in a literal sense. It's like, oh, yeah. nothing, like, boom. <clears throat> yeah, right. but, but, but it indicated that that it's not literal you have to like so the mind goes and, yeah mm -hmm. yeah <laughs> i'm like clearly no autistic people were involved in the decision making process around autistic uh assessments because mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah <laughs> wild uh, <laughs> something i heard you say as i was trying to hop on was around gender and i'm curious if you want to talk about that a little bit because that's sure. <laughs> <laughs> that's something that's been coming up for me quite a bit. And I learned <clears throat> this term audigender, which just really encompasses my whole relationship. Well, it's basically just that, like, <clears throat> that the the autism that we, you know, have, <laughs> um, our artistic, our autism um, cannot, like, be separated from the way that we interpret and what our relationship to gender is because autism obviously influences the way we experience absolutely everything. <laughs> and gender is just, you know, one of those things. Yes. Yes. And yes. Yeah. Which is why there's like a much higher <laughs> of autistic non-binary folks and, mm -hmm. and probably like the whole thing. Right. <laughs> yeah. And, and just queer in general. And yeah, yeah, because it's like the the societal structure, you know, the, the social structures and societal expectations, like, we don't really pay mind to that. It doesn't make sense. <laughs> so it's like, <laughs> that goes out the window. And then, yeah, yeah, hierarchy when it comes to like relationships, I feel like often goes out the window as well. And um, but for me, like with gender, I remember being incredibly young and having like my best friend was a boy and he also had like Swiss sisters that I was also friends with and I just remember like comparing and contrasting like the way that they act and kind of perform gender mm. and the way that I felt which was like neither <laughs> and also <laughs> like I could really I like I could like mold myself into either one but it just never it was like I don't feel like 
a boy. I don't feel like a girl. Like I, I was raised in the cult, so I like had to very much perform like a girl. Yeah. Um, and so there was a lot of deep, deep, deep conditioning, but none of it ever felt like it, it just never made sense to me. I right. just never felt anything, <laughs> you know. It was uh, just very confusing. Yes. <laughs> I just want to say hi to my mom. My mom's on here. Hi, mom. Oh. <laughs> um. Um. Yeah, so a little snapshot just into my, like, recent gender journey is, like, a couple years ago, and I was living in San Francisco, which is very much, like, on the, like, one end of the spectrum of, like, um, trans inclusion and non-binary, and, like, let's have they, them be, like, the forefront of everything. Hi, Ma. <laughs> so I was in, like, a very ripe area to just, like, explore and, like, have my mind opened in so many different ways, and, like, it started with like healing a lot of my sexual shame being like oh there isn't anything wrong with sex and like I heal that and then like oh I don't have to follow any of the things that people tell me that I have to follow which <laughs> otherwise to me and at that point I was like a, a, a wife right like in a traditional marriage because every marriage by default is a traditional one unless you are like intentionally going against or setting your own relationship expectations so for me like I had to write the thank you cards and it's like Oh, thanks, London. And, like, thank you, Christ. I don't know why that's, like, the bane of my existence, but it was. That, like, Wait, what, can you, I, I zone out for, like, just the moment. What was the bane of your existence? After you said hi. hi. <laughs> Which one? Thank you, cards. Thank, oh, my God. So, don't. like, just because I was the person born with a vulva, I have to, like, now write thank you cards on behalf of our family. And if I don't, I'm going to get a passive-aggressive text message from my in-laws about it. No, no. And, like, I don't know if that was the straw that broke the camel's back, but it certainly <laughs> was a thing where I was like, well, fuck this. Like, I don't have to be a woman. Like, I'm not – I, I don't want to get my nails done. I don't want to go to the spa. I don't like, like, you know, this is, like, the thing that you're prescribed. And I was like, I am not that. So I am not that. And, like – fuck it, I'm free. And so I dabbled with they, them pronouns. And I was like, okay, this feels free. Like I'm in this they, them world. Like I don't have to prescribe anything. But then that became very narrow very quickly of like, what a they, them person yeah. felt yeah. good and should be in that world too. And like, then when I moved to Texas, and people were obviously using she, her pronouns of me, I'm like, is this something I even care about? And it's like, no, yeah. I don't. What I care about is that I can be myself. If the world calls me a woman and I am a badass, like if I'm the breadwinner, like whatever it is, I can still be a woman. Like that doesn't, isn't a place where I want to have my energy being taken. Like it just doesn't matter to me. Like I can wear lipstick and I can wear a baseball cap, right? And like I can be me and no one's rules apply to me based on anything that you think about me. That's where I'm at these days. So, so now I'm kind of reclaiming, like, I am a Texas woman. Like, yes, I am. And here's what it means for me, right? <laughs> yeah. Fuck yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's very similar to me, too. Like, I don't, I don't care about pronouns. I don't care what, how people interpret me or perceive me. It's like, that's irrelevant for me. It's, it's gender has been and my journey with it recently it's so funny because I realized just the other day that you know it was like two years ago or something that they started adding non-binary to like all different like intake paperwork and stuff like that and I just subconsciously was just like checking it without like 
giving any mind to to gender at all. I was just like, yeah, that fits most. <laughs> and yeah. just recently, I've been, you know, just kind of like, as I'm integrating more about autism, I'm uh, just, you know, remembering a lot of childhood memories and things like that. I was like, wow, I've always been really confused and disconnected around gender. Yeah. And it's never made sense to me. And I've always tried to like, especially with, you know, masking, like fit myself into like, okay, what is it? mean to be a woman and how do I like act like a woman and present myself like a woman but that is like yeah it's just so so it's such a small little box that I never fit in I just never did um and so lately I've just been kind of like releasing it you know and I don't really um I've changed like I've changed my pronouns on social media today then just to just because to, you know, just to like kind of signify that like, I don't, I don't fit in either one, but I also really don't mind if people call me like he, she, they, and I've felt that way for forever. Um, but yeah, I'm just like in a similar space of just like releasing the internal, the internal boxes and perceptions and judgments of like who I can and can't be and how I can and can't present because, yeah. um, you know, sometimes I do feel like presenting in a more masculine way, but I stop myself from doing that because it doesn't fit the mask that I've created, you know, over time. And so as I'm dismantling the mask, I'm also dismantling gender just naturally. And it's been feeling really freeing. <laughs> like I just get to be myself and that's all, that's all I ever wanted to be, you know, it's just myself. <laughs> and however anyone interprets that, I really don't give a fuck, <laughs> you know? <laughs> To do with us anyways it's what's happening for them and their experience yeah exactly exactly yeah yeah it's their own their own judgments so yeah yeah and something like I used to feel like oh I had to like you know have a Pinterest Thanksgiving house and like you know just really mm -hmm. it was yeah it was really intense the conditioning was intense and I was <laughs> a little listener to it <laughs> <laughs> and so then when I broke out of that, I was like, fuck it, I'm not cooking for no one. And then, <laughs> and now I'm actually able to come back to be like, well, what do I want to do? And mm -hmm. like the farm, I'm like, actually, like, I, I want to cook dinner for everyone who's here on the farm once a week, because I love to share and, and gift, like, cook from love and like and it, it's good for me because I want to learn to cook a bit at a time like I'm not just all of a sudden I have to be a Stepford wife but it is fun for me to know how to cook delicious like food is delicious what if I could just make really good healthy food all the time awesome <laughs> when it's not like a prescription that I have to follow I can actually like I'm just starting as I'm like peeling all these layers off to be like, well, what do I actually want to do? <laughs> and that might change every day too, just like Jameson and the vegetables. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, completely. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm in the same, the same process. And, and it seems like, like I do find myself gravitating towards things that I've always done, but like you were mentioning the motivation behind it and the reasoning why I'm doing it is so different. And it's more, it's not based off of pressure or expectation. It's just based off of pureness and, and generosity and like a desire to, to do it, you know? So I think, I think that's the main thing that um, has been happening or I've been allowing myself to do in my life in general is just like, allowing all anything that was pressuresome to just fuck right off <laughs> fuck right off <laughs> <laughs> i'm 
done. I'm done. I've lived in a pressure cooker my whole life and I'm just like done with that, you know? And in releasing the pressure, it does give a space for like the natural um, desires to arise. For sure. Yes, for sure. Uh, speaking of natural desires, this might be a pivot, but releasing some pressure too, like on um, business. So like, yeah, I was like, what topic we can talk about if we don't just ramble greatness um, would be like work and like, and like working a traditional job as an autistic person and like how to, <laughs> and, <laughs> and then also like creating a business that actually like works with our neurotype and our brains and our and like and your projector also right so it's like mm -hmm. not only am I autistic but like I need to be laying down a lot and not just produce, producing producing and like that is very counterculture to this consumerist hustle world that we live in and also like being independent women having to support ourselves financially in ways also yeah and children too <laughs> yeah yeah, 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 that's, I, you know, it's, I'm so grateful for human design, because it helped me kind of, and it helped me like start the unmasking process before I was even really doing it, you know, the deconditioning process in human design is kind of like very, it just, it just supports, right, it supports you as an individual, so naturally it's going to help me as an autistic person because it's who I am. Um, but a big part of that has been like completely shifting and changing the way that I approach <laughs> approach business in, in all of the ways. Like I definitely, especially with having ADHD, like I am not, and, and I am pretty sure that I'm like pathological demand avoidance profile in autism. So like you tell me what to do and it takes fucking everything in me to not just rebel against what you're saying just because you said for me to do it and that doesn't make for a good employee you know and when I was like deeply traumatized and my trauma drive was like and you know fawning was kind of taking precedence I could I could manage taking orders once I started healing my trauma like I I can't do it I can't I just won't I just can't bring myself to do it it's crazy I'm like feels like the real me is surfacing and the real me is really fucking defiant, you know, <laughs> like very autonomous. And um, so I give myself space to like really only do the things that I really want to do, which is totally counter culture, especially when we're talking about business. Like I don't take phone calls. If someone's calling me to book an appointment, like I'll, I will, it's not very financially sound, but like I'll, I'll text them and be like, hey, we can talk through here. You can send me an email. But like phone calls just are not good for my autistic self. I do not like it. So I don't do it. I just don't do it anymore. Yeah. Um, and sure. like I one of the. Celebrate that. Like, hell yeah, you're yeah. Like, you know, I'm not picking up the phone. It's like, yeah, good. <laughs> um, yeah. And, and it's so wild too, because the more I stop like the striving and the initiating and like the doing and the go, 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 and I allow myself to rest most of the time. It's like in my periods of time where I am literally horizontal, like as much as possible that I actually get invitations for things and people actually reach out to, you know, want to, want to work with me. And, um, 
I'm right now in this space where I, I have an acupuncture practice, which I have, you know, appointments that I have to go to and be in person. And I'm, I'm really shifting more into like doing coaching and, and, you know, guidance in that way. That way I can be more digital because it's just, even that demand is just, I can't have all the time. So I'm wanting it to be, you know, the ratio to shift and eventually just do online stuff because yeah it's just overwhelming also just sensory wise it's overwhelming just like meeting with different people all all of the time and i love i love what i do but i want the acupuncture part to be more of a choice rather than like my you know <laughs> like what i count on for income every month so absolutely yeah and it's a work in progress mm -hmm. love what you said about like before when you were in your freeze fawn that it was working for you. And as you've healed your trauma, it's just like, this is not acceptable. And I think I've experienced that same thing, but I was like giving myself a hard time about it. Like, well, I was such a badass when I was doing that. Like, how come I can't do that anymore? Yeah. That thing that I can't do that anymore. Like that was awful. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 it, yeah. It's so funny because it's so counter to like what our capitalist mindset, right. you know, tells us it's like, the capitalist mindset tells us that we're failing and we're not, you know, doing well anymore because we aren't able to keep up with like the amount of sheer just fucking will that was like pushing us forward before. But this is so much more supportive and so much more nourishing. And ultimately, especially as projectors, this is what's going to bring us the more success, like both financially, but then also like enjoying our day to day experience more, you know, and supporting our sensory needs and supporting like our you know yeah yeah <laughs> yes for sure yeah well i left the grueling nonprofit life i was a public school teacher and then i worked in nonprofit for 10 years and i left to like wow. on my digital business which i've been growing now for 10 years and i left yeah a few years ago to be like no this is actually what i think is going to bring me money and joy and like give me the life that i desire but like it's now just been a process of like just weeding that back from shoulds also. Cause like, you know, yeah, your yeah. business, your own brand, it's like, Oh, I should post on it. If I post on Instagram, maybe I'll get another client or if I don't, then I won't. And it's like that feeling is uh -huh. making also. And so like a lot of it has been me being like, no, I don't. And the, and I don't have to figure out a way to make money. I need to figure out what's the thing that I like and trust that that's the path that will lead me to money. And like, it's going to show up in different ways. And if I spent six months like doing art and then I made $500,000 on an NFT, whatever, right. Just saying things, but like, mm -hmm. great. That's well worth it. Right. Then had I like spent all of that time, 40 hours a week, like spinning away trying to make con contacts to get this thing done. And like, it's mm -hmm. way easier both as like a, a person who likes to manifest with the universe, um, to just like allow the universe to do a lot of that work <laughs> yeah. for yeah. me. And yeah, I love that you mentioned like the times when you're most horizontal is like when some of those best things pop through it. It's like you just need like one person to connect you to the one thing and that's the thing, right? And so just mm -hmm. being available and open to that and not just like running out trying to figure everything out is huge. Um, yeah. and my favorite mantras is the more I lay down, the more money I make. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And it's like, and it's like, when the more we do the things that we actually enjoy and want to do, it's crazy that 
like how things come through. Like I started posting on TikTok in like mid September or something like that. Yeah. Just because I was like, look, I need a space to talk about autism yeah. and practice unmasking and no one fucking knows me on TikTok. So yeah. I can do whatever I want over there. <laughs> and it's, it's like very low stakes. And it just started like very quickly gaining traction and the amount of invitations I've had to like be on podcasts. That's how I got the invitation for, um, for this docu-series that I'm doing on the cult with like a fucking media company, which is something I've been trying to manifest since I was like a teen. And it's just wow. because I'm just being myself and yeah. showing myself in a way that is just like authentic and just what I want to do. I never expected anything to come from it at all other than just be getting more comfortable with myself. And, and it's so wild because it's like the last thing I would have thought would bring me like, you know, anything in that kind of realm of stuff. Yeah. But that's how it works. It's, it's really cool. For sure. It's for sure how it works. Yes. And even with our time. So this summer, I had July here in Texas, which is like the only July ever again for the rest of my life that I'll spend in Texas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's no fun. Um, so we went nocturnal here on the land too, because it's yeah. just like by 8 a.m. it's like so depressing that you're like, I can't be awake for eight more hours of this. So <laughs> I went in nocturnal and I was like, okay, I'm going to like, like figure it out for my business and this and this and this and figure out the land and all this and I actually had a call with someone who's like what if you didn't what if you just like laid around and drew cats all summer like what if you took the pressure off like this is it was my chat first month like child free and I'm like normally like no I need to be in panic and frantic and getting things done. Yeah. and yeah. I, like, I was like fuck it I'm not I'm not gonna do anything but lay around and draw cats and I ended up just like writing my first children's book and yeah. <laughs> because I was like drawing them and I was like I oh here's the story okay and it just like came through and I in the course of a month I painted 26 illustrations I wrote the book I got it printed and I was able to show up in San Francisco with this book about our cats here for my kid and read my kid this book and it's just like that's great and like, sure that might make me a billion dollars at some point but like I did it because I it was in me and I was ready to pull it through in my joy and in my pleasure Yes, yes. And prioritizing rest and ease. Like that's, those have been the two things that this year specifically I've been focusing on. And it's, yeah, it's, it's a whole different, it's a whole different life. <laughs> yeah. It's huge. It's huge. I mean, we're told that we're not supposed to do and like reclaiming lazy. I'm like, well, fuck yeah, I'm lazy. Like, yeah. <laughs> really smart with my time by the way <laughs> exactly <laughs> but also like being a projector and also someone with ADHD and autism is like when we when we hyper focus and we're when we're ready to work like the we can get shit done so much shit done so quickly so efficiently so it's like fuck yeah I'm gonna rest on the time that I'm not <laughs> hyper focused on something because it's like you know, it, it just, it, the, like the ratio of the amount of work that we got done, we can either spread it out over time, like, you know, a neurotypical person or whatever, or we just rest and then short burst and then rest and then short burst. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's why it was hard, so hard for me to work in the 40 hour a week thing. Mm -hmm. like 40 hours of me is like a thousand hours of someone else. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
And like, there was like all this pressure to be there. And it's like, yeah, if I had that same 40 hours, I could probably spend 34 of it resting and then crank out six hours. That's why I work for myself. Cause it's like, yes. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It says, uh, cause you, cause you just did decades worth of work in five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> like so accurate. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Earlier this week and, uh, and like our brains are always going in different ways. Yeah. Like oh. earlier this week or last week, I like basically just sat down and sketched out my whole plan for Love Farm, the nonprofit animal sanctuary that I'm starting here on this land. And it's like stuff that I've been putting together over the past year and 20 years, let's be honest. Mm -hmm. But like, I could just really just sit there and just like, like whoosh it down onto paper. And now everything makes sense. And I'm able to like talk about it with others because I was able to pull it through in that moment. But like, had I not, had I tried other ways, like it wouldn't, it just wouldn't have worked. Yeah, yeah. And you know, it's so interesting, because when I was in school, I used to like, we would have, you know, and I, I majored in English for like a period of time. And <laughs> we would, like, have these really big project like papers that we had to write, right. And I would wait until the very last minute until the due date. And then just because my mind was working on it. Yep while I was doing fucking everything else in my life, it was just working, 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 working. And then by the time it was time to sit down and write, it just all came through, yes. you know? And so I've always worked like that in school. Yeah. And for whatever reason, I have had like this different mindset with work. Like, no, if I have time and space, then I need to fill it with work. That way I get things done. But actually that's not, that's just not how I operate. Like I'm working all the time, whether I like it or not. Like my subconscious mind has like a million different projects going on. Yeah. And whenever it's time for that project to come through, then it's going to come through full force and completion. And it's, and then that's it. You know, I just have to be prepared to like show up for that time yeah. and allow to do whatever else in, <laughs> in the, the subconscious working time. Exactly. Yes, yeah, that reminds me of like this, this organizing project I have coming up. Like, yeah, I'm going to be doing it physically for the last five days on the month. But oh, I've been like, really working everything out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Which is another thing. Also, when it comes to rest, like, I don't know if you've heard this uh, statistic, but or I don't know. If you, anyway, autistic brains process 42% more information at rest than allistic minds, right? so that's that's like that's crazy because <laughs> that's at rest that's not even when you're like engaged in working and so like if we're working if our minds are working that much like it makes sense that we need a lot of rest and it's important to allow ourselves to have that and it also tells you that even when we're resting there's so much information that's being processed so whatever it looks like on the outside whether it looks lazy or you know whatever however we want to judge it is like there's so much happening all the time whether we like it or not yeah, <laughs> <There it is. laughs> yeah I, I get up from a nap and I'm like oh cool I just I got my business plan now you know like it's just oh I just had this idea to do this oh you know and it's like that's when the stuff can come through yeah exactly oh my gosh I love that we <laughs> just go live and just there's our hour there we go that's so fast it goes so fast <laughs> amazing um well next week i'm going to be traveling again so let's come back here for our fourth episode in two weeks and okay. same time same place have a beautiful week are you doing anything family food wise uh yeah actually um jameson's dad jameson's dad has him for thanksgiving this year but um he invited me to do thanksgiving with them so we're gonna just have like a little 
like a small little family Thanksgiving, which will be cool. It's the first time we've all three spent Thanksgiving together. So Jameson, I think will really enjoy it. But, yeah. yeah. What about you? Uh, well, we're going to go to Chicago. So I'm going to meet my oh, yeah, but I haven't met his family yet. So I'm going to go meet his family. Yay! That's 80th birthday. So it's going to be, yeah. A whole oh. Yep. Can't wait to hear about it. <laughs> ah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Have a good week. Thank you, viewers. We love you. And we will see you in two weeks. Okay. Bye. Bye.